What is happening, Bulls Nation? What is going on? Welcome to the CHGO Bulls Podcast, where we just have fun and talk bulls and laugh at people like our guy Steven, but in a very loving and awesome kind of way. I am sitting here. I am Big Dave. Follow me at Ball Sports. That is the adult in the room, a.k.a. Will the Goat Gottlieb. Follow him at Will underscore Gottlieb on the was and twos, as I just mentioned. It's our guy, Steven. Sir, what are we eating today? I got a, it's like macaroni with a meat sauce. There's no cheese on that? There's no cheese on that. That is so interesting. And so there's you, not even enough meat, so this isn't, this isn't my macaroni. best showing today. Yeah. yeah, like, that's, did you make this yourself? No, I did not. Okay. It was ready for me when I got home yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> like a child. That's an awesome life. Hey, bro, that's an awesome that's, life. Yeah, you're living. You feel you're what living. I'm saying? Walk into a meal already prepared for you and you don't have to think about it? Yeah. Hey, bro, we should all be so lucky. All right? That sounds familiar. But soon enough, you'll be making it yourself. You'll be grown up. I, I didn't things. say that. <laughs> We're not going that far. <laughs> well, we know what he's looking for in a wife now. Great <laughs> 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 quality. Make <laughs> sure so he's fed. Have him some food ready, man. Uh, coming up on the show, we'll go Gottlieb is going to do a cartwheel and then do a handstand off the balcony. We'll get into that probably the third segment, see how that Sick. goes. Didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah, it happens. All know? right. In the meantime, between time, man, we're going to talk about which Bulls players we feel are going to rise, stay the same, or take a step back this season. That should be fun. We have no idea what either one of us picked, so this should be fun coming up for y'all, man. But first... How about we talk about Will's favorite thing, which is contracts. Oh, he loves the numbers. So let's get into it, y'all. Terry Taylor, who the Bulls just signed to that minimal. His, the details were finally released and broken by our guy, Keith Smith. Make sure you follow him at Keith Smith NBA. Shout out to him. Terry Taylor's contract with the Chicago Bulls is for two non-guaranteed years at the vet minimum. First season is not guaranteed becoming partially guaranteed at 350000 on opening night. How many of y'all would like to have a job like that? The second season is a non-guarantee until early July 2024. Uh, Will, please break this all down for the people in the most simple and awesome way. So basically the Bulls signed Terry Taylor to a two-year deal. Um, looking at spot track right now, it looks like two, just over $2 million during his first year. So as he is the 15th player on the roster, the Bulls, with his salary of $2 million, are about a million and a half over the luxury tax. So we did it, Joe. We are into the luxury tax. What? But not so fast. Oh. Not so fast because, as we mentioned, the non-guaranteed date. So uh, if you can just throw that tweet back up one more time, Stephen. Basically... Only $350,000 of it is guaranteed on mm-hmm. opening night. The rest of it does not get guaranteed until after the season ends. Mm-hmm. And what that means is really the Bulls are only on the books for $350,000 and they can cut Terry Taylor at any time, either before the season or after the season mm. and still only pay him that three hundred and fifty k. Mm. So... Uh, the Bulls are in a very similar situation with Carly Jones, who's mm-hmm. making about $1.9 million. Only 250 k of that is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. At the start of the year, the rest is fully non-guaranteed. Um, actually, I believe that one gets fully guaranteed in January. Okay. So there is a world where they can uh, cut both of those guys before they're fully guaranteed. And that means that they would only be on the hook for... Uh, basically $500,000 for those two roster spots, which would leave them with about a million 
eight left. And, you know, over the course of the season, what we saw last year, them uh, get Patrick Beverly on the buyout market, giving him a prorated vet minimum, meaning you're paying him the, you know, the equivalent of a vet minimum, but only for the amount of days that he is with your team. So after the buyout market, that's like a month or two. Mm -hmm. So you're really only paying him for two months, which means they still could get into the, get back under the tax line uh, while having 15 roster spots filled. So Mm -hmm. I think this gives them flexibility. Obviously it accomplishes their main goal, which is to stay under the luxury tax. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think as we talked about yesterday, like we both like Terry Taylor. I think he's a good guy to take a flyer on. Mm -hmm. I would be really surprised if they kept him through the entire season. I think he will be cut Mm -hmm. at some point um, or converted into a two-way. Maybe they cut one of those guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, So basically they have positioned themselves to where they have 15 guys on the roster. They are currently above the tax line, but they have outs to where they can get back below it. And I fully expect them to do so. Yeah, I think it's a good contract for them to sign. I mean, if Terry Taylor comes in and he's, let's say he's just solid, you know what I mean? Well, you haven't paid him a ton of money to, you know, keep him. And it's still non-guaranteed, uh, what is it, mid-July in 2024 for yep. that next contract that you sign. So that so, would be after the season. They right. could, in theory, keep him until the very end of the season exactly. and then cut him. Exactly. Um, and as we talked about yesterday, like, the Bulls are not going into the tax for Terry Taylor, right? You can start the season above the tax and then get below at the trade deadline or mm-hmm. at any point with these guys being non-guaranteed um, because they'd be missing out on this huge payment that comes from the other teams that go into the luxury tax. Last year, I think it was 10 or $15 million. Mm-hmm. So basically, yeah, you go in right now, they're like a million and a half into the tax, but that's also costing you an additional $15 million. And that's how the Bulls have operated for, you know, however long they've been doing this. So, uh, like I said, no chance that they end the season above the tax uh, and lose out on that final check. Right. Certainly for Terry Taylor, maybe they are the fourth seed at the All-Star break and they feel like they can really make a push here if somebody becomes available or they use that Lonzo Ball exception to make a trade. Maybe that's a point where you can start to – you know, convince yourself that going all in makes sense. But again, you'd be dropping a guy in order to make room for another roster spot. So that's where uh, Terry Taylor or uh, Carly Jones might get cut. And then you you might also send out, you know, somebody in one of those trades. And that doesn't really affect you either dropping either one of those guys monetarily, I'm saying. Right. And I would expect them to drop both. (laughs) Oof, man. So nobody's making it through the season. All right, we'll see. I mean, they could. I I think Carly will be waived before his guarantee date, which, like I said, is in early January at some point. I can't remember if it's the 4th or the 10th. Okay. Terry Taylor sounds like end of July, which means they could keep him through the entire season. And it just kind of sucks for him. Like, he's got 200 or $2 million that he could potentially get, but the Bulls are going to cut him, and then <laughs> it's going to mean that he hey. only made 350 k this year. Only, yes, only $350,000. How much does yes. Will make that he says it like that? <laughs> only three hundred fifty. dollars It's out of goat rose, man. Yeah. It's out of goat rose, baby. Yeah, I'm pro player. You dig? <laughs> and I'm not mad at him for pro player getting all of their money. He is right. But, yeah, like it, it feels like, still feels like a good deal for the Bulls. Still kind of feels like a prove-it deal, you know, for both of those guys. And, yeah, Will doesn't expect it to go the entire season. We'll see how it goes for those fellas, man. But, like we said, we both like Terry Taylor. Uh, what he kind of brings to the team, man, and hopefully he'll get to show those talents and get some more money. Him, him and Carly Jones get some more money as the season goes on. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes, man. 
So, like I mentioned earlier, we are playing a game today, Stephen, and everybody else out there. It's called Rise, Same, or Fall. That's what it's called. So, we want to discuss which players we feel will either rise this season, you know, elevate from where they were last season, stay the same about who they were, stay average about who they are, or take a step back and fall from where they were last season. And this should be interesting. Will and I have no clue who either one of us picked. We we didn't look at each other. We didn't come up with it like that. Oh, the reason I did come up with this. What, can you show this video for me, please, sir? This is a secret one that you said. Yes, yeah, please show this okay. video for me. The secret video. It's not a it's not a secret video. But Will's favorite thing, uh, you know, those off season workout videos. I was watching one of uh young Jacoby White doing his thing where I think he say say he scored forty you heard between forty one and fifty points is what I heard, is what he scored there. So just watching him do this and seeing how his game kind of change, how you know, of course he looks a little bigger. Looks a little more sure itself when he's up there playing. I, I like those kind of strong moves like that. It got me to thinking, like, which one of these players do we think will be better? Which one of these players we think will stay the same? And which one of these players we think will actually fall off? And, Will, sir, since you are the GOAT, this is who you are, you, sir, will get the first choice. Who do you feel will rise this season, take a step, take a leap? For the Chicago Bulls. Let me first say, you mentioned his game looks like it's changed. The only thing about his game that looks like it's changed is his hair. You didn't see a difference? I see In no the difference. shimmy step back? You did, I see step, way I more aggression there. That's a he's little playing different. against non-NBA players. See? Of course he's going to look better. Look at him. <laughs> of course he's going to look better. However. I said it changed. However, That's all I said it changed, man. I'm it drinking the Kool-Aid and Kobe is my riser. Oh. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Two things can be true. <laughs> Kobe White, I think, if you look at the way that he closed the year, and I've got, like, the the splits of pre- and post-All-Star. Mm-hmm. So, pre-All-Star, 22 minutes per game, 8.8 points, 2.7 rebounds, 2 assists. He shot 41% from the field, 35% from 3, and 83% from the line. Um, and then, post-All-Star break, he saw his minutes go up to 26 per game. Mm-hmm. His points go from 8.8 to 11.6 rebounds up to 3.3 and assists up to 4.5 from two. Mm. He also shot 49% from the field, 41% on threes, and 100% on the line. He went 17 of 17 from the line after the break. Mm. Um, His true shooting percentage went from 54.8% pre-All-Star to 61.7% post-All-Star. And... Look, we know Kobe's streaky. There's moments where he cannot miss, and there's moments where you're just scratching your head and you're like, what are, what are we doing out here, Kobe? But I think the, the progress was key. We talked about it all throughout the last season. I got a chance to talk with him about it, and I wrote about mm-hmm. how he really placed an emphasis on playmaking, uh, just general like awareness and processing speed, mm-hmm. and then defense. And I think he really carved out a role for himself and started to feel comfortable playing alongside the Bulls' core three players of Vooch, Damar, and Zach Levine. And on the year, when those four players were on the court, mm-hmm. the Bulls scored 127.5 points per 100 possessions. Ooh. That's good for the 99th percentile in the entire NBA. It's pretty good. So mm-hmm. they are putting up a ton of points. They were not defending at a super high level in those groups, but 
I think it shows that he started to figure out how he can be his best self and how he can elevate the guys around him mm -hmm. in a way that I don't think he was capable of doing two years ago. Mm -hmm. I think it took him a really long time to adjust. Like we talk about continuity, but I think for, for younger guys trying to acclimate to this play style of having Damar and Zach and Vooch around, that can take a while. So not only was Kobe trying to find his way, he was trying to find his way, you know, playing different positions, playing alongside different players. And I do think we really found something. Um, and I expect him to keep growing. We know process or uh, progress is not always linear, so there will be ups and downs on the road. But I really like the trend that we are on with Kobe right now. I think they got him at a good number. And I think he's still out to prove that he's worth even more for his next deal. So I'm very excited about Kobe. I think he adds an element of defense and playmaking that you don't really get from even Javon Carter mm. or certainly Io or Alex Caruso. Um, and if he can continue to grow as a playmaker and as a defender, then he is going to basically make it really hard for Billy to take him off the court. This is true. And that's the whole point. And he's always talked about from the beginning how he wants to be a starter in this league. And I think, yeah, he might be well on his way to doing that. Uh, my guy that I picked for who will rise this season for the Chicago Bulls is also Kobe White. That's who I picked as well, sir. Yes, we are on the same page, Gold. You love to see it. We are on the same page. You love to see it. Yes, we do. And the reason I felt that one, it wasn't because of that video. Let <laughs> me say, even though he did look a little different, I'm just saying he looked a little bit different. Take it how you feel. But there was no player that I have gone out on a little more for on his current roster, I should say, more so than Kobe White. Early, early on, when I saw his defense start to shift and change, and I kept talking about it and kept talking. Everybody kept calling me crazy, including my guy, Matt Peck. He kept telling me crazy, say, what are you looking at? No, it's not. It's the same. And I'm like, no, it's something different. Something's changed there. And then as it went on and on and on, you started to see an actual straight-up change and how Kobe White was playing defense on that. And then it started to get recognized by other people and saying those things. And I appreciated that because I'm like, okay, I'm – I was not crazy in what I was looking at and seeing right there. That was an actual growth uh, in his defense and how he played. But I want to put up this uh, other quote, too, if you have that for me, Stephen. Uh, this quote, I saw it uh, from NBA University, uh, courtesy of Bulls Muse. Shout out, Bulls Muse. Uh, Kobe White quietly improved this season. Noticeable ball handling slash decision-making leap helped him slaughter closeouts. Top seven spot-up points per possession, 1.16, and seventh highest assist percentage, 14.8, on drives in the NBA, which I thought was excellent. If the pull-up three starts falling, legit starter. That's a big thing because that's true. If Kobe White, I feel what makes him a starter is the consistency in his shot. I feel he's been consistent as far as – the defense and the way that he plays it. Just being able to stay in front of his man and, like you said, being able to play make off of that because he can't get the steal the and run off. And the, yeah, exactly. He can get that and he can run. And he, or he can give it to somebody and spot up. Either way it goes, Bulls are all about that transition basketball. Yeah, I think it's a really good point, too, because we've basically heard it since Lonzo went down. Like, they need to play with more randomness and they need to get out and transition more and create easy non-DeRozan dependent mm. offense mm. and like Kobe gives you that and I think he gives you probably the best shot at real high level shooting and playmaking mm -hmm. alongside those three guys obviously I'm very excited to see how Javon Carter looks and I think he's yeah. going to be really good in that role too um, but I just think Kobe has grown a lot and like 
you know, when we're talking about player growth and development, you have to be like willing to adjust your priors. And what I mean by that is like Kobe, I was not a Kobe fan for mm -hmm. a really long time because I did not think the awareness and playmaking was there. It wasn't. I didn't think the defense was there. It was not. And because of his streaky and inconsistent shooting, when he's not scoring the ball at a super high clip, like he's hurting you. Mm -hmm. The net is negative. Mm -hmm. But I think he's really improved in all those areas. And I think we have to be willing to be patient with him, but also say like, there's going to be points in the season where the defense doesn't look as good as it did yeah. at points last year, where the scoring isn't as good as it was in the second half of last year. But as long as like the general trend continues to be upwards, I think you have to be happy and excited about that because basically they got him at the mid-level exception. And I think that's a really fair number. I think it will encourage him to keep working harder. But with this team that's got a bunch of really, you know, aging star players, you need to have guys that are younger and come in and contribute at a high level. And to me, you know, it's like him and Patrick are the ones that can really do that. Yeah. The biggest thing I wanted Kobe to grow in and what he did grow in was if your shot isn't working, can you still stay on the floor? Right. And I watched him grow in that because before, if it wasn't working, they just had to take him out. Now, if it's not working, you don't see him panic as much. You're not seeing him go full speed constantly all the time. He kind of slowed himself down. Change of pace. Change of pace, correct. You know, he become, became a little more of a playmaker as well. Um, definitely, we just talked about the transition, and we talked about the defense also. But we also, what I like is he's like, okay, if the shot isn't falling, I'm going inside. Then let me go inside and try to playmake out of there. You just saw the numbers. I just showed you that, that uh, backs that up. So – He's really just adding to his game and continuing to get better every single year, which is all you really want, you know, from your young guys and guys that might be starting for your basketball team. Yeah. So, and guys, since you guys both have him as your riser this year, mm -hmm. you also both have him as the starting point guard this year? I, I do. I had him when we had asked this question about him or Javon. I slightly, and it wasn't by a lot, because <laughs> Javon Carter, you see where he absolutely fits as the starter in this team. I'm not mad if he ends up being the starter. But my preference was slightly, I was like, it should be Kobe White, though, man, because of the ability that a guy who could drop you 30 and still play solid defense at the same time, you know, and playmake, you know, all those things he, like I just mentioned, he got better at. But the consistency of the scoring is the one thing you just wanted him to be more consistent at. And I think he will be. Yeah, I still lean Javon um, pretty heavily. And again, this is not a knock on Kobe. I know players have pride and they want to start. And I think there is a, like, prestige along with starting that guys, you know, that they want to have, right? Yeah. Like, they want to say they're a starter in this league. Um, and I get that. But to me, it's like the reason that I think Kobe hit the levels, you know, reached the levels that he got to this past year is because he finally fit into a role where he could really be himself and grow into the player that we saw. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to just take that away from him and put him back into another role where he has to kind of, you know, maybe shift around some of the players that he's sharing the court with mm. um, or be, you know, more passive. And I just want him to, like, I'd rather put him in a position where he can reach another level at the things that he's already good at than try mm -hmm. to, you know, turn the dial 90, 90 degrees and make him relearn something and maybe, you know, one step forward so that hopefully he can get, or one step backwards so that he can hopefully get two steps forward down the line. Mm. Um, I'm not saying he can't do that, but when I think about what the Bulls want to do, which is to try to make the playoffs, what does that mean? That means 
they're going to play their best players. Yeah. And they're going to try to maximize their best players. Yeah. Who are their best players? Zach, Damar, Vooch. Mm-hmm. Who fits alongside those guys and makes them the best versions of themselves? I think it's Javon Carter. I think his play style just fits those guys, can help make them better, can space the floor, he can move the ball, uh, and I think he can defend. And we've seen proof of concept when you bring in a point guard who can shoot the ball at a high level, who can defend the point of attack at a high level, the Bulls perform well. They did with Lonzo, they did with Patrick Beverly, and like I think that's why you bring in Javon Carter. So I'm sticking with Javon. Mm-hmm. I would love to keep seeing these lineups with Kobe mm-hmm. in there along those guys, uh, alongside DeMar, Zach, and Vooch. Like I said, that offense was literally as good as it gets in the entire NBA. Mm-hmm. But the defense was really bad. It was the 10th percentile in the NBA. So I do think, you know, shifting your identity from being like a top five defense mm-hmm. to, and, uh, you know, a middle of the pack, low end offense and having to shift that entirely just to accommodate one guy mm-hmm. to where now you're really putting up a lot of points, but you can't defend anybody. It just feels like doing a little bit too much. And I think the, the risk for me does not outweigh the reward. Mm-hmm. So again, not a shot at Kobe at all. I think putting him in the six man role where he is still going to play alongside the Bulls starters. Um, I just think that gives him an opportunity to grow as much as he can. And that's ultimately what I want for him. Mm, growth. I like that. So we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we'll talk about the player we feel is going to stay the same. Just right there. Go now one for one. Let's see if we'll be two for two. We'll see how it goes. Over six, some people in here watching. Eight likes. What are we doing out here, guys? Come on, let's get these likes up. Give it for the GOAT. Go, please show them the perfect thumb. There it is. That's the one. Do it like DeMar told you as well, y'all. So come on back and hang with us, man. But first, beer. <laughs> That's what we do. That's what we <laughs> Steven I might touch him. Whoa, wait, what? <laughs> I say beer and meat. Steven's perking up. That's just what's <laughs> going to happen, man. That's how it rolls like out here, man. But yes, beer. It is this beer, especially the Goose Island Beer Company, y'all. CHGO rolls with the Goose Island Beer Company, and you all should too because they have been around and been Chicago's beer since 1988. That is the Jordan year. So how many beers do they got? I'm so glad you asked. The Goose Island IPA, the six-time medal winner at the Great American Beer Fest. Me and Steven need to go hang out at the Great American Beer Fest one time. I've been to a beer festival. We need to go, bro. I'm, I'm free right now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Say one. Oh, man. Yeah, the Tropical Beer Hug, or as I call it, the Herb Lawrence. That dry hopped Imperial IPA, 9.9% alcohol that is dangerously easy to drink. That 312 Wheat Ale, which is the classic, and of course, Matt and Dave's favorite, the Full Pocket Pilsner, the everyday beer. It's what the brewers are drinking, and what the people who are drinking, what the brewers are also drinking, are also drinking, and then drinking some more. So, grab yourself an Ultra Fresh beer at the Goose Island Original Brew House on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park, or from their tap room on Fulton Street in West Town. Goose Island Beer Company, y'all, is Chicago's beer. The true taste of Chicago. I saw I saw Herb yesterday since the I White Sox won. You about up. to say it too? Yeah. Okay. Did you see him drink both of them? No, I saw him drink he, the one in like he six did, seconds. Yeah, and then he bested that at the end of the show. He bested the six seconds? Yeah, it was insane. This dude is special, man. He's a legend. <laughs> Yo, he is special. 
Oh my God. I saw Sean drinking his too. Yeah, that was not the best. <laughs> he did his ever. thing. Hey, man. I've never seen someone like Bob at a chugging a beer before. It was just up, down, yeah, up, down. He's not he's not a chugger right there. No. He's not a chugger. But man, when you're sitting next to her, bro, it's like, man. Nobody is. My God. <laughs> it's all special. And of course, when you're sitting next to the goat, one thing is gonna rub off on you. Well, two things gonna rub off on you. One, you're gonna want your hair perfectly coiffed. Two, you're gonna want to get you some AG1. That's what you wanna get. Get that in your system and in your body. Why would you want to do that? Because the goat does it all the time. Why do you think he is so awesome? Why do you think his fingers be like clickety-clack, clickety-clack? Why do you think the hair is on point and all that? Because of the 75 high-quality ingredients that give him energy, focus, strength, and the most important thing, clarity. Now, Will, walk me through your process. I'm very interested in this. Is there a process well, how you drink the AG1? Like, is there a set time you have to have it at this time? Or just has to just happen? Just before I eat anything. Just before you eat anything. Before okay. I eat anything, whenever that is in my morning, mm-hmm. scoop it, you dump it, <laughs> you shake it, you drink it, and then you feel it. Mm, I like this very, very much. I enjoy that, y'all. And you all should be down with this as well. We're going to hook you up and get you some of that AG, y'all. So try AG1. Get yourself a free one-year supply of that vitamin D and five of those free Will the Go Gottlieb approved travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go to drinkag1.com. Yeah, making you wait, and I like it. CHGO Bulls. That's drinkag1.com. Slash. CHGO Bulls. And check it out for yourself. Enjoy that. AG1. I ain't got to say it again. You already said it. I already said it. You already said it. Don't need to be said. It's already done. So, you already know who we feel is going to rise. So, who do we feel is going to be the same? Who will stay the same for the Chicago Bulls this season? That's not a diss. It's just you you can be awesome and be staying the same. I've been staying the same since I was 12 years old. So, and look at me. I'm kind of awesome. You've been downing. Three quarters of a bottle of wine <laughs> at six thirty in the morning since you were twelve years old. Yeah, well, you know I've lived a life. Will color me not surprised. <laughs> you know I'm not alive. You know I've lived life. That's how I do, man. But let's see, sir. I'm really curious to know who you feel is going to stay the same. What player will stay the same this year on the Chicago Bulls? It pains me to say this. Oh, but I'm going with Patrick Williams. Mm. I just don't see room and scope for him to really grow on this team because as we talked about the priority is not developing Patrick Williams the priority mm-hmm. is winning these games mm-hmm. you bring in more competition for him at the power forward spot we saw two times last year he lost his starting job mm-hmm. first to Javante and then at the end of the year to Alex Caruso you also bring in Troy Craig who I think has a really legitimate uh, shot at starting and like yeah, you just you look at the minutes per game after the All-Star break. It went down from 29 to 26 and a half. The points stayed the same. Uh, the rebounds went down. The assists went down. His scoring averages has basically been the exact same every single year of his career. Mm. 9.2, 9.0, 10.2. Like, he just is not, I think, in a situation that is most conducive for him to grow from a box score perspective. I think that's key. I think he continues to improve as a defender. I hope he continues to improve as a shooter. Last year, doubled his volume Mm. um, from 1.7 two years ago to 3.4 threes per per game last year. And, like, 
that's the kind of growth that I feel really good about, even if he's not scoring 20 points per game. And I, I just don't see a world where now, like, some of that offensive burden and, like, responsibility is being shifted onto him hmm. on a team that, like, I mean, they need to win. If they don't come <laughs> out of the gate hot, if they don't make the playoffs this year, I mean, it's going to be pandemonium. Ooh. Like, it already was. Fire. But, like, for a third straight year, back-to-back missing the playoffs yeah. and, like, investing all this these resources and capital just to be in the exact same spot you were when you brought in AK in the first place. Yeah. I mean, they absolutely, from an organizational perspective, cannot afford to not make the playoffs this year. Agreed. It would be a disaster. Agreed. And I just don't think that you can do both of those things. Give Patrick a lot of touches while also trying to put yourself in the best position you can to not only make the play, play in, but you like get out of the play in and make the playoffs. Mm. So all good points right there. And actually I was going to go with Patrick at first. That was, that was going to be my, my choice, but, and again, this for me, staying the same is not a bad thing Yeah, at all. It's not a bad thing. And can I uh, just say real quick, I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing either for Patrick. I want him to keep growing. I think it'd be great if he could get to that point. And if you listen to our show last Friday mm-hmm. with Mark, we spent the entire hour Flex. talking about this. Um, but Patrick is already very good at the things that he does. He needs to improve. And I think there will be incremental growth on the defensive and shooting end. But I, I just mean from like a box score and specifically a scoring perspective, I don't see a lot of growth this year. Mm, mm. All right. Patrick Williams, he says, I am going to go with Alex Caruso. That's who I feel will stay the same and be the same. You can see his stats right there. Also, first team all NBA any stat you want to look up as far as who's on top defensively or in the top five, you're going to see that name, Alex Caruso. That's what he. That's how good he was at defense last year. I feel like it's going to be more of the same. And the reason I feel that, Will, is that burden that was placed on him last year, I don't think he'll have that bigger, big of a burden this year, which means he'll be free to play safety. And which is where I love Alex Caruso is when he's playing safety, when he can guard any position out there on the floor, calling out every single play that you're running, and then get out in transition. And he is also a really good finisher around the rim, man, like they call those sneaky hops, as they like to say. Now, maybe his three-point shot improves. That, that's a possibility. I don't expect it to. But it's a possibility. Those things can kind of happen. But I think you're going to get the same thing what you've always gotten out of Alex Caruso, a guy who's going to come in off that bench and give you that fire and who might get hurt you know, during the season. At least that's what the track record has been in his career. He's not going to play all 82. He's going to give you at least 60 at the most. That's how he rolls. But when he's in there, he is going to affect everything and cause nothing but havoc on that defensive end night after night after night. And, again, he's somebody you can plug in any position – that you got on the floor for the Chicago Bulls. Any of those four positions that you want to play him at, he can be plugged in. And he's also somebody you can use in that fourth quarter as well because you know what the numbers were when he was in the game for the Chicago Bulls. Pretty damn good, you know, when Alex Caruso is running with them and even in their starting lineup like he's still an option. Will was bringing that up uh, when we were talking about who should be the power forward. He was like, don't forget about Alex Caruso out there because he's obviously a good option at that as well. But I think he will be the same Player, I think he will come in and provide the same kind of thing for the Chicago Bulls, which means I expect another all-defensive selection for Mr. Alex Caruso. And I would love for that to be the case. 
Caruso is actually not the person that I chose to be the biggest follower, but somebody that I seriously considered mm. just because when you reach the peak that I think Alex Caruso reached last year, mm -hmm. when you're just playing your absolute best basketball, I always worry that there's going to be a little bit of regression. You I just worry? do. I just do. <laughs> um, he was first team all defense. Yeah. I, I don't know that I can even go more into it because I've been so <laughs> such a loud advocate for him, but my God, this guy is so talented on the defensive end. Yeah. Um, but they needed to be really careful uh, managing injuries, and that's why they played him only 23 and a half minutes per game. Mm -hmm. He played a career-high 67 games last mm -hmm. season. Mm -hmm. Like, I could see, you know, it was only 41 the year before. He obviously had that, like, freak injury after yeah. Grayson Allen took him out of the sky. Uh, but he's always been, like, 64, 58 37 games in his career. Mm -hmm. I worry about the injuries with the way that he plays. Um, but look, I mean, even if he's 95% or 90% of what he was this past year, mm -hmm. he is still one of the best defensive defensive players in the league. Yeah. And for who the Bulls are and what their identity is as a basketball team, like he needs to be keeping steady or hopefully even getting better. As long as steady wins the race, man. Like I really just see stuff being taken off his plate and his ability to roam more this season just with all the guards that they have and all the options Billy Donovan now has uh, at that whatever position. I mean, at the guard position, excuse me. He has more options now. So you can bring Alex in whenever, you know, and it's going to be good anytime like that. So I'm excited to see it, man. I think it's just going to be steady, smooth, and cool for your Alex Caruso. As far as things you could realistically ask him to do to improve, is it just three-point shooting and health? That's the two it. That's, that's it. it, right? Like, that's it. Like, he just said, he played his career high in games last year with 67. Like, yeah, that's his career high. You know what I mean? Like, he's not a guy that does that. And even if you look at his three-point numbers, they, they'll be high one year and a little low the next year. Every single year, that's how they went. So, it was 33 the previous year. It was 36 this year. So, next season, like, who knows? Like, hopefully it stays the same and it doesn't fall. But I don't expect it to for the reasons I'm saying. Like, now he doesn't, he isn't going to be dependent to be that guy. He will just be dependent upon to be Alex Caruso, not to play a role. You know what I mean? Like, just be Alex. Or sometimes, because it was a lot of times last year and the previous season, he was asked to step into a situation and, and play a role. Like, when Lonzo went down, bro, I need you to run the team. I need you to do this. I know you can do all that, but I need you to do this right here. And last year, man, our, our, our four isn't working out right now. I need you to step in, you know, and do this right here. This time, he's not going to be asked to be doing those things. You'll just say, Alex, go do it. <laughs> go do your thing, Alex. Get out there and ball out and do what you feel. Okay, coach. And I expect them just to be Alex Caruso and do those same things each and every time, man. I'm excited yeah, to watch it. And I think that's why we talk about the free agent signings and why we feel like the Bulls did – for what their goals are, mm -hmm. a very good job over this summer bringing in guys. It's when Lonzo got injured, the bottom fell out. Yes. You need to have depth, and you need to have depth in positions that can support guys who are injury prone. Yes, sir. Like the Bulls are very fortunate to have their top three guys play as much as they do. And last year, with the exception of Javante and obviously Lonzo, they had really good health. But if Caruso goes down for an extended period, You've got Javon Carter still. You've got Iodesumu back, who can, I think, step into that kind of a role. Yes. Um, so I think they did a good job sort of insulating themselves against injury in that way. But 
Yeah, the way that he plays, you're, you're always going to be a little bit concerned. <laughs> yeah, he's going to throw himself out there. That's how he rolls, man. Uh, some comments out there, French Bulls TV. Solid points from the GOAT. That's why he's the GOAT. <laughs> the GOAT. Also says, I would have voted DeRozan at saying, you know exactly what you're going to get from him. The reason I didn't was because, like Will just talked about, we saw him hit that apex. You saw it. Like, you saw him hit it hard. Like, I'm the man. It was really nowhere else to go from that kind of apex with the way that he plays and the age that he is, but just taking, you know, a gradual little bit step down. Still an all-star, might still be all NBA 13 or something like that, but still a gradual step down from, you know, reaching Chamberlain and Jordan numbers. And, of course, thanks to Bleacher Report from giving him some more ammo for the and some more fuel for the fire so i'm looking forward to that as well so that should be really cool too overrated king overrated king man uh fried rye says when ac wins defensive player of the year though i feel you man i feel you uh, i was i was trying to convince people who had votes <laughs> you did oh he was trying to convince us every, it was yeah. almost every day when he came in he was talking alice caruso defensive player of the year they never understood Dave. they didn't get it they never understood they didn't get it all right, I got jailbreaker. Russo was wasted on this team, but you expect an effort player like that to die slowly. See, I think he's bigger than just an effort player. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when you're talking about somebody who can be a candidate for defensive player of the year in his first team all-NBA defense, dog, that's more than an effort player. It's effort with a purpose. <laughs> you feel it's me? effort with a brilliance. Like, he – Effort with brilliance. Ooh. Yeah, you just – you don't – you don't fall ass backwards into being – a. <laughs> First team all defensive player. Fact. You just don't. You can try, but you'll just fall ass. <laughs> That's how it goes, man. So we're going to take our uh, last break here. When we come back, we'll talk about the fall. Who is going to taco fall from last season into this season? A taco fall reference. Uh, yeah, You like that one? I I'm, do. I'm, I'm always here to impress you with. That's how I roll, man. So stay tuned with us. Make sure y'all hit that like button. Get those likes up. We see y'all got them up from five. We appreciate that. They can go a little bit higher. Thank y'all for hanging out with us and watching it and enjoying what we're doing up in here. But first, of course, just got that text. Baby Joey. Baby Joey? Yeah. Hit me up. Uh, he said he's hanging out with Caruso right now. No way. He said, don't worry Doing about a little the golfing. He said, no. He just said, don't worry about the three. I'm working on it. That's what he says. All right. I mean, that's what he tells me. Oh, he said, uh, Stephen, uh, he don't understand how you eating macaroni without more meat sauce. Does he know when Joey's coming back? I asked him, man, and he said it is what it is. It's do what he told me. Do we me. have a, uh, a Joey? Oh, the counter says, you know what I mean, one. five days. There you know is. what I mean? But it's not baby a Joey approved counter. Okay. You know what I mean? So he, he's the only one that truly knows, and he's that's not telling. A, that's more of an estimate, but yes, yes. baby Joey is baby the Baby Joey true. knows, man. He don't want to tell. He said it is what it is. That's baby what Joey said. is the one. He's the one, man. He's him. You better understand that because sometimes he never understood. He ain't get it. Why? Why are these glasses so damn much? Why do they cost you so much paper? He don't get it. Steven don't get it. Will don't get it. Nobody gets it. You know who else don't get it? Shady Rays. They don't understand. So guess what? They set out to do something about it. Independent sunglasses company that offers that world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair you've ever put on your beautiful, sexy face. The durable frames. The extremely clear optics for your outdoor and your indoor adventiones. It's not a word, kids. Do not go back to school saying that. So, but that's not all. The Matt Peg lost and broken replacements plan. 
Let's say Matt is mad, takes his hat, toss it right up into that room where Kevin does it. But the glasses hit the deck. They go splat. Matt drops to his knees. He yells, why, at the sky. But then he remembers. You can put those in the envelope, send them right on back to Shady Rays. Guess what he'll get? A brand new pair, no questions asked. Even though they might ask a question like, Matt, why do you keep breaking these glasses? <laughs> and then they'll understand who he is, and then they'll just send them on. But also, let's say you're hanging out on the course, and you look over, and you see the goat. You see the AG1 flowing through the veins. You see the coughness just in the wind. And you say, damn, them glasses look awesome on him. And then you said, I could put those on. You can, but you can't look like the goat. And I understand it, but you can't. But what you can do is take those glasses, put them in an envelope, find you a pair that you like on Shady Ray's site, say, I want those instead. Send those back in. Shady Ray's will send you that pair. And as long as you do it within 30 days, you will get that pair for free. So exclusively for our listeners out there, Shady Ray's is going to give their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the promo code CHGO for 50% off of two plus pairs of premium polarized shades. Try it for yourself. Oh, the shades are rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Because the Shady Rays, y'all, where the Rays are just oh so shady. And sometimes you might want to keep them glasses on your face. Why? Because you want to go bounce campus to campus. At Lewis University. That's what you're doing right there. You like that? Oh, impressing the goat is what I'm doing over here. Students are just like you. Full-time jobs, families, full-time sports fandoms, all of that. Or just a full-time macaroni and beer eater like my guy Steven over there. But you can go back to school and earn a respected degree at Lewis University. It's 35 miles southwest of Chicago in Romeoville, ranked as one of U.S. News and World Report's top tier colleges y'all they partner with numerous employers for tuition discounts offering evening online and blended formats to help you balance your work your family and your education they have a faculty that brings real world experience and instruction to the classroom which is immediately relevant to the career that you want to pursue they offer career support academic resources for adult students they got the grad programs, y'all, criminal justice programs in there, data science, computer science, cybersecurity. They got the adult undergrad, which is the accelerated degree completion program, also with computer science, business analytics, criminal justice, and technology programs. So discover how a degree from Lewis can help you build a better world. Learn more at lewisu.edu. You can do this. That's lewisu.edu slash you. You can do this. I got serious about that. Yeah. I'm, I'm serious about education, bro. Very serious about it. It's not a game. It's not a game, man. It's not a game. But all right. Let's do this. Let's talk about the players who we think on the Chicago Bulls are going to take a step back and fall off just a tad or just by a lot. Who knows? This season. Will, the GOAT, Gottlieb, who do you feel is going to fall off for the Bulls this season? I'm glad you said just by a tad. I don't don't think this is going to be a massive Mm -hmm. slide here, but I am going with DeMar. Mm. Because (laughs) 
The picture. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, is, that is good. So well done, well done, sir. Well done. Demons got the stats up there, and those really split the difference from pre-injury and post-injury. And mm. I think that's really kind of what I'm driving at here. So pre-injury, which happened on January 9th against the Celtics. Mar had the hamstring quad mm-hmm. injury. Mm-hmm. And after that, he just was not the same. So before that, he was playing basically, you know, just a smidge below the all-NBA level that he played at the previous year. Mm-hmm. Through January 9th, he was averaging 26.5, 5, and 5 on 50% shooting, 27 from 3, 89 from the line. After that, his scoring went down to 22.4, so minus 4 mm-hmm. points per game minus a rebound, and stayed the same on assists and field goal percentage. But I think the key is he went from taking one and a half threes per game before the injury to 2.4 threes per game after, mm. and 8.2 free throw attempts down to 5.8. That's a, That's a huge drop. Yeah. And his usage also went down from 29.2 to 26.6. So basically what we're seeing here, and obviously I think a lot of this – had to do with and was a result of the injury. Sure. But when DeMar was not healthy, he was not able to have the same impact. Mm-hmm. Now, 22, 4, and 5, still extremely valuable. Yeah. Uh, 50% shooting, 22 and a half points per game. I'll take that for yeah. sure. Every day. But DeMar is getting on the older side. He is still really reliant on getting to the free throw line mm-hmm. and score, and that really boosts his efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think like the second half of the year, there was sort of this shift of the guard and Zach was a lot more ball dominant. The offense ran through Zach a lot more. And I wonder if, you know, as they talked about at the beginning of the year, like finding ways to not be so dependent on DeMar is going to result in moving the ball into Zach's hands a little bit more or Mm. Vooch's hands. Like, Mm. I think that's another thing too, that people haven't really been talking about, which is obviously the the bulls paid Vooch more than probably any other team could have or was Mm. going to, but there also had to have been some conversations about how Vooch was being used yes. in order to come back. And I yes. think he's going to get more touches. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be – they're going to play through him, whether it's the high post or mm-hmm. the block or whatever. I think he's going to be more involved as a driver of the offense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to mean DeMar takes a bit of a hit. So I think mm-hmm. the Bulls want to see Zach and Vooch succeed. I think, of course, they want to see DeMar succeed too. But as we all know, like he has to play a certain way to get his numbers. And I think the bulls have to become, they have to do what they wanted to do last year. They have to be more random. They have to have more motion and more like just spontaneous action in their offense mm. where they're going to be really easy to defend. Mm. So again, I'm not saying Demar's going to like score 12 points per game and like play 18 minutes. Like he's still going to be mm. a huge part of the offense. And I think he mm. puts up numbers that are relatively close to, you know, the second half of last year, maybe a little bit better. But injuries for a guy who's getting older, mm-hmm. for a guy who's very dependent on getting at the free throw line, if we see those kind of things fall. I think we'll see his stats fall a little bit as well. Yeah, the free throw ones was, was definitely the one that stood out the most from, from him because that is a good chunk of his points that he gets from the foul line. He draws fouls and gets to the line. So him not being able to get there, you see is definitely going to take a hit. But I think you're, you're dead on um, because he's the kind of guy, even with the injury, he's still playing. Like, yeah. he don't care, bro. Like, he's getting out there. With that, he still plays 74 games yeah. and plays 76 the previous season. Like, it's what he does. He's going to play. So, 
unless you're going to drag him off the floor, he's going to be out there trying to contribute and help his team, which means they will, like you said, rely a little more on Zach Levine, which I think is the right move anyway. I'm all ready to just build this around Zach and let him just be the number one dude. And, I mean, you paid him for it. You know, he's been here long enough. Let's see. You know, let's see how it goes and how it works with that. But I think that's pretty dead on there, Will, because – and again, it's not he's not falling off the earth. It's just taking a little tiny step. And it's step also back. not like a ding at him. It's just again no. similar to the Caruso thing where he yeah. reached all NBA first team caliber defense. Mm-hmm. Like Demar literally had his career year two years ago. Yeah, and like maybe he can exceed that, but he's gonna be. This is his age 34, 35 season. Well, he's like, thirty three right now, so yeah, he'll this be, be uh, his 34. age thirty four season. Like mm-hmm. it's just really difficult for guys, even for ones that are as surgical and yes. like talented and skilled as Damar is. I think it's just going to be really hard to replicate that, especially if health starts to fall off, especially if the Bulls start to shift more towards Zach and Vooch. And I probably would have had Caruso as the fall for those reasons. Like he reached the apex, but it's the fact that he's 28. Yeah. That I'm like, nah, bro, he's still in his prime. He's man. prime. He can really still stay there and be that kind of player. But Damar, you know, being 33, no matter what you are, Follow time comes for everybody, bro. Like, even LeBron is coming for him. Like, it's on the way, all right? It might still be a couple years, but it's coming. It's what it does. So, I can see that happening for sure. Uh, my choice for the person who I think, again, won't fall, I just think will take a take little bit back, Nikola Vucevic. I went with Nikola Vucevic on this one. And let you see his numbers right there. The 17, the 52 from the field, the 35, basically 35% from three, the 11 rebounds. That is literally what he put up last year. It was pretty much the same thing. 17 points, 11 rebounds, about three assists. It was pretty much the same thing that he was putting up. I think because of the age and because of the usage, he will take a tiny step back. You won't see the 17 and 11. I think it's going to be more about 15 and 10 that you'll see from Vu, maybe 16, you know, it could be that as well. But I think it will take a little step back. And when you talk about running that offense through him, I think that's why, because he'll be more playmaking and getting the ball to guys. I feel like they want to use him like Jokic, you know, because it feels like this, you know, obviously AK is based in Denver, you know, Denver guy, and everything kind of runs through Jokic, you know, top of the key, wherever he wants the ball, bringing it up, however. But he touches the ball a ton, all right? And you talked about that, his usage and him touching the basketball. But when he does do that, he has the ability to find those guys, man. It's a rare skill for a guy his height and his size to find those guys. And he has the ability and probably the best one on that uh, starting five that has that ability to find those guys uh, in the corner, you know, cutting to the basket, running that pick and roll with Zach, which is one of the best in the league. He has the ability to do those things. I think the more you give him the ball and allow him to facilitate to do those things, that's when you'll see a decline as far as the numbers uh, points-wise and things like that. So that's why I think it would take a little step back is because I think the playmaking on him might increase more. And plus, the man played 82 games yeah, I think that's <laughs> last a big season, one. Like, bro. 82. You can't play more than 82. So. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At the very least. At the very least. He's probably going to play fewer games. Yeah, yeah. Is a is a fall right there. Yeah, and I, I can see that happening. Um, and maybe the minutes, you know, go down as well because of that. Because it's a, what, three-year deal, correct? Three-year deal. Three-year deal, yeah. So, I mean, he's just going to get older and older and older, bro. Like, it's just what what it is. Like, it's going to happen. That decline is going to happen. But, I, again, I don't think it's like 
a clear hindrance, you know what I'm saying, to him as a professional, or him as, as his game. I just think he'll use that passing skill and be able to use that a little bit more. I still remember when the Bulls couldn't break a double team, and I would sit here screaming like, dude, give the ball to Vooch and just let him do it. And it took him about a good 10 games to figure that out. <laughs> like, oh, man, we should give him the basketball and let him run it and break a double team that way. He's, he's too skilled at that position, passing the ball and facilitating to not have more usage doing that. And I think it's going to kick in this season. Yeah. I mean, I think, again, these are not criticisms of the player. It's more just like, how do we predict how the Bulls will shift? Because mm. as we, as I kind of mentioned before, like, this is, for me personally, last year was make or break. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, you cannot argue that this season is not make or break for this front office or this organization for this group of players. Yeah. Like this is the last chance and they have to be more willing to change things, to be adaptable. And I think that could mean playing more through Vooch. It could mean playing more through Zach. It could Mm -hmm. be making a trade. I mean, who knows? It could be a variety of things, Mm -hmm. but something has to change to try to maximize this group. We've talked about it a ton that the Vooch, Zach, and DeMar pairing or trio has not performed above zero net rating. Like, mm-hmm. they're, that's not acceptable. And no. I think they need to figure out and try some new ways to, to make that work. And, you know, that could mean just changing the way that they play mm. and, and running the ball through different guys. And I think Do that. For, for all three of those guys, DeMar, Zach, and Vooch, like, any of them could be a faller or a riser. As a result of that. Mm. Uh, in the comments, uh, I see Larry Strickland saying, unfortunately, Levine, he thinks he'll be one taking a step back. French Bulls TV says, for some reason, I see Drummond as the fall. Uh, is there anybody else, Will, that you had as far as uh, a riser, someone staying the same, somebody falling, that almost um, made this list, but you went with someone else? Um, Because yeah. I know it was for me, for sure. Like, I had – a few names. Like, honestly, I was I was honestly thinking Patrick as far as the rise is concerned, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like, uh, <laughs> I didn't believe it in my heart as much, you know what I'm saying, to put him on there and say, oh, man, this is the year. I still feel like he's a year away. I still feel like he's got one more year, and then we'll see it after that. Like, I really do still believe that. But, yeah, as far as, like, guys rising, like, you say Ayo. I saw someone say Ayo in the comments. I thought Ayo could be primed for a rise because, like I said with Caruso, he's going to be back in that position where he can play safety again, and he's not going to be asked to play a role. You know, they're going to be like, yo, go do you on that basketball floor, sir. And when he does that, he, he can be very successful. And Honestly, I mean, this is just, I think, making me feel more like – I have been feeling about this team the mm. whole time is that there's just not there, there, there doesn't really seem to be a lot of different ways that this team can improve. Mm. Like mm. I don't see a lot of different risers. Maybe Zach has another gear, but like this is his 10th year in the league. We kind of know who he is as a player. I think he, you know, DeMar had a, his career year in year 12. So it's not like out of the question. Yeah. Uh, Vooch is like on the decline. DeMar's on the, like just by virtue of age. Age, right. Um, and I just don't see a lot of avenues for this team to improve internally. Mm. And that's why teams like the Pacers, the Magic, I think are going to be, even like the Hawks, are going to be getting better because they have a lot of young players who have talent and who have opportunity to step into roles and produce. And I just don't know that the Bulls have that. I'm very hopeful that Kobe 
and Io and Patrick can get better and mm-hmm. really help this team. But I just the way that it's constructed, the way that they play, it it's hard for me to see how those two things happen at once. And so if those young guys aren't able to step into bigger roles and contribute, but also you're seeing some of the older guys not play at the peak of their powers anymore, like you're just getting worse. Mm. And that's been my big concern with this team. It's why I was, you know, why I didn't think it was the prudent thing to do to bring everybody back and to double down again. Um, So, I mean, it sucks to say, but like, no, I don't see a lot of potential risers. I think there's a lot of guys that you could argue could stay the same Mm -hmm. or even get worse. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think if you're really arguing for risers, it's got to be one of these young guys, not just like being better at what they do, but like basically making it impossible for Billy to take them off the court by producing at such a high level that they earn their way into a bigger role. Not like to the point where they're benching DeMar so that Io can get reps, but like Io is so good out there that he becomes a 30, 33, 35 minute a game starter Mm. who is like averaging double figures and defending at a high level and like making the team win. Mm. And I, I just don't know the way that they play. It's it's hard for me to buy how those guys really get that opportunity to improve. It's true. One more before we get out of here. Uh, my guy, John Maney, my hope is DeMar and Vooch step down real result and Patrick's rise because the GOAT is right. It's what he does. Hard to grow when you are at the height fourth or fifth in touches. Again, it means he's fourth and fifth in the rotation in touches. But hard to grow when that's the case. So we'll see. Will it be? Those Chicago Bulls elevating, or will they be the same? Wherever it is, it's continuity. (laughs) It's what it is, y'all. Thank y'all for hanging out with us. Thanks for kicking it with us, man. It's always fun hanging out with y'all, man. Really, truly appreciate it. You can follow this wonderful person over here, Will Gottlieb, at Will underscore Gottlieb. My man, Steven Nichols. On the ones and twos. You like that one? Did I hit it right? Very phlegmy. Yeah, know. man. You know, just, you know, putting some stank on it. It's what I do the best. I put stank on things. Hey, yeah, you follow me at Ball Sports if you don't have nothing better to do. You can do that as well. But also, I didn't mention this, but Stephen, guess what we are going to be on Saturday, sir? Almost forgot about uh, this. Almost, but didn't. Guess what we going to be, baby? We are going to be at Bulls Fest. That's what we're going to be, y'all, right there. We're going to be there, right there in your face. You see it. Look at it. Love it. Enjoy it. That's where we're going to be Saturday, August 19th. It is going to be so much fun, man. We're going to have some awesome guests. Javon Carter will be on with us. Mark Eversley will be on with us, man. Have some fans uh, Q&A, some Bulls trivia, and, of course, some prizes to give away. And we'll be running around, messing around, talking stuff, and doing things, man. So we'll be there. That's what we do best. And so come hang out with us and enjoy it, man. Thank y'all for watching. Thank y'all for listening. On behalf of everybody in the comments, much love to y'all, man. Thank y'all for always being here for us, man. We will continue to be here for you. We out. CHGO Bulls Podcast. Peace.